Well, we're very blessed today to have a guest bring us the word. For years, our church has been in relationship with a missionary in Haiti who happens to be from Granbury named Terry Snow. And there with Youth with a Mission, Haiti, they're seeing lives change and nations reached, yes, even from the nation of Haiti. And Terry has five wonderful children, one of whom is going to bring us the word today. Christian Snow, come right on. Christian is in charge of the media. If you go to their website, ywamhaiti.org, you'll see a lot of his work. He's been doing videos since he was a kid. Even when he was a little boy, he did a Lego movie before there was the Lego movie. This is the guy here. Christian, we give you the service, brother. Bless you. All right. So at the end, I'll show this. Um, ywamhaiti.org is what he said. And then if you want to email me, that's my email address. But um, last time I was here, my dad was sharing some cool stories from the Civil War in 2004, and I was sharing really shortly about an experience I had at a hotel, except the problem was that I'm not used to speaking in front of a crowd, so every time I thought I said hotel, I said hospital, and I sat down, and my brother's wondering, why did you say hospital? I said, I didn't. He had to convince me that I actually said hospital instead of hotel. So if I say hospital, just correct me, either in your mind or in front. I don't care. Um, But for me, uh, it's not so much about communicating a message on a stage as it is communicating a message on a screen. Because um, as I'm going to share about today, I believe that there is a new generation coming up and a new way of communicating through media, and I want to share that today. Uh, Before I do, though, our campus in Haiti right now is going through, uh, they need to raise money for electric, because right now their generator is so old, I believe they said it's 10,000 hours it's supposed to run, it's ran 30,000 hours, and they don't know why it's still running. But, um, so we're trying to raise money to get a whole new system on our campus, because what they saw um, when they came down there and they looked at it, they said, this isn't going to work. You need $70,000 just for the materials. And then they offered for free, if we could raise the money by November, they would pay to get their own tickets down, and they would work for free to get our entire campus on electric. So we're like, yes, we have electric now, but it's very bad. And it's only a few hours of the day. But um, So we're trying to raise this money. We have about $35,000 raised so far, so we're good. Um, but the time is coming, so uh, anywhere we go, we like to share a video, which um, I was actually the one who made this video, uh, using all the staff on our campus to show what it's like without electric. And what you're going to see here is just one of the many problems that we're going through. So here we are. Oh. Yeah. Living is in all these 
this wedding, heaven knows I would try. The east to real, they have to sing, come and change our electric city. We need their help to let them know. Well, now they know. Let it flow, let it flow. What's this ministry going to do without stable electric? It won't be much of a blessing if we're too busy keeping our electronics charged. We need an office and printer if we're going to run schools and host outreach teams. And internet lights. What else will we lose besides some fans? <gasps> Let's do a parody! What, you think the director will get in on it? It's time to see what we can do To test the limits and break through $50,000 is what we need Later it gets, you think it gets cooler, but it just gets hotter. You go hotter. online and find the video, that's, that little clip down there is showing behind the scenes of how we made it. But uh, if you haven't uh, seen Frozen, that actually was taken out of the song Frozen. So everyone's doing Frozen parodies, we did one of our own. Yeah, that's my family right there. Um, uh, you'll notice in the video, actually, everyone except for my parents were in the video. Uh, my brother is married. He's only a year and a half older than me, but he's got three kids, so I'm way behind. But uh, we all work in Haiti, um, and it's funny because we also have I also have an uncle and his family that lives there, so half of our mission, we're related to each other. But we're really dedicated, and right now, um, we a month ago, we just finished a dance camp. Took 29 kids through. Uh, 10 days of speaking life into them because the Haitian youth grow up believing that nobody really wants them and they're nothing. And the dance camp was about really letting them know that they're loved and that uh, they can express themselves through dance and share God's heart and feel God's heart. So they actually were so psyched at, by the end of the camp that they were going out and sharing the gospel, whereas before the camp they were so afraid some of them didn't even want to go after they were accepted. That's how scared they were. Um, they would go through lies and like hours of Satan telling them, why are you here? What's your purpose? You're nothing. You're nothing. And then by the end of the camp, here they are sharing testimonies to the point where <laughs> the staff had to hold them back because they'd run up to someone and say, hey, have you heard about God? This is this. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
what's your name first? To ask them, ask them their name. You know, get to know them first. Because, you know, it doesn't quite work. But they all graduated and they're all screaming for this to happen next year. And my sister co-led the camp with another of our staff members. Um, but what I do is media. I go around with a camera and I film the adventure. So I don't have that many stories of adventure. Rather, my dad will do something crazy and I'll film it. Once uh, there was a big uh, corruption thing going on and he took a stand against it and the police showed up and it looked like the police might arrest him. And I got the camera there and I'm making sure that I get on film my dad getting arrested <laughs> if it happened. It never happened. It never was going to happen, but I mean, it was... It's kind of interesting. I did take one school as three months, and that's me at the school um, working. But besides that, I've learned film on the go in Haiti. And then every time I come to the U.S., I realize you know I'm way behind in technology, and I catch up. Uh, I'm run everywhere, um, under stuff, over stuff, and I get this stuff out through uh, our local television program, which is 30 minutes long. And it communicates Christ's message of love. And at the same time, I make videos like the one you saw earlier so that people in the U.S. can see our needs and also our accomplishments. And so they can know what they're giving to and they can um, be connected in a way that's far beyond just words. But I like to call myself a media missionary. And for me, media missionaries are going to be more of today's missionary there's always going to be uh, missionaries out to third world countries, but what's a missionary look like in a second or first world country? I think it's going to be more like a media missionary. Uh, the reason why is because television uh, is, well, I say television, but now we have internet, we have like YouTube. So I should say the film industry is becoming the new way to relationally connect with a certain message, whereas in Jesus, oh wait, I should go here, this is just a few clips of the show, and uh, this is uh, Haitian stuff I do, so I, that was me talking Creole, so that's what I'm, I'm talking in Creole, and I'm just talking about life and stuff like that, so that's a little blip of it, I don't remember what I was talking about there, but... Anyways, they love it. They think it's hilarious, and especially because they don't see foreigners talk Creole. It's, it's actually very funny, because I'll be in a store, and I'll listen to someone talking about me, and they think, oh, I, I don't know what they're saying. And then I turn to them, and I start talking, and they're like, oh, shoot. But it's funny. But sharing a message to an audience is actually an art that changes as our social forms of networking change. And when Jesus... Uh, during the time of Jesus, the only form of communicating was through verbal. There was some painting. There was some sculpture. You probably find that more in Rome than you would in Israel. So the only way to really communicate a message effectively was by telling them with uh, your voice and trying to describe it with words. And Jesus was at the breaking, cutting edge of uh, artistic communication because he was using parables and stories and uh, comparisons and things like that. And it was so powerful that people just had to come and see it. And we see it's not so much many people came because of miracles, but they more came 
because of the teachings. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Now, I don't know how the teachers of the law were teaching, but they weren't confident. They weren't cutting edge. They weren't standing up and declaring that this is true. So they were a bit behind in the way that um, the society could provide a a way to connect to uh, a public audience. Uh, And again, with the Samaritan woman, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. That was in a city, like Jesus didn't even perform any miracles. They didn't know who he was. He just used his words. And so at that time, there are certain tools that we use for certain time periods. And for Jesus' time period, he actually used parables. And parables was about telling a story that made no sense except for those he was targeted for. And he explains why the parables were used. He said, you will be, um, this is why I speak to them in parables, so that this prophecy will be fulfilled, that you will be ever seeing but never hearing and all this stuff because you hardly hear with your ears and they've closed your eyes and you've, you know, shut your heart out. And so Jesus created parables for that purpose. And that was his form of communicating to the public until his death. And after his death, prophecy was fulfilled. The age of parables was over. And then we got into testimonies. Testimonies. Now, now you know, parables in Jesus' time, that was, a, wow, this is so cool. This is Amazing, it drew the crowds and they wanted to talk about it and try to understand what is he saying? What does he mean? And then after he died, now it's testimonies. Testimonies was about sharing what God was doing in you and the disciples had to wait in a room until the Holy Spirit filled them with you know, tongues of fire. And then they would share their testimonies to everybody and that's the way it connected to people. That's what got the gospel to spread. And what's funny is you know, they had it, the Holy Spirit provided different languages just like you would, you know, you flip your DVD to Spanish or uh, French or something like that. You know, the Holy Spirit kind of gave everybody their own little language to tune into when it came to testimony um, that day when the Holy Spirit came through. Um, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not live, love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So over the centuries, this continues to evolve. Testimonies is still valid. As we see here, it is by the word of their testimony is one of the things that give us triumph. But the way has changed. We now have speakers. We now have a way to get into a building and uh, make sure the voice goes out there. We have amazing worship. I mean, that's pretty fantastic watching him give that freebie there. It's like... I feel like I'm in a concert or something. But, you know, that was another way of sharing God's love. And that's a way that this century and the last century has communicated the gospel to a public audience. Now, there are other ways, but I'm referring to the public audience, to a vast amount of people. But this is something that's last century. And uh, this century, it'll probably still remain, but I'm seeing into the millennium a different kind of communication a movie theater is a lot like a church people come in they spend two hours listening to a message and then they walk away never the same now the only difference really is just that there's a screen but that one screen takes you everywhere 
they want you to go. Up here, I can only share words. I can only share slides. I can't tell you, well, I could tell you, but I couldn't show you uh, what I looked like when I woke up in the morning. I couldn't show you uh, what other, I couldn't have shown you our electric situation, how it felt, you know, with sweat dripping down our faces. That was not an exaggeration. We have nights that were like that. I couldn't have shown you that, or I couldn't have, I could have told you that, but I couldn't have shown you that. What film is about is something far more intimate than just uh, words. Words, this stage here, this, is, this was super effective. This was the only way people would connect. So when you hear like, oh, there's a guy preaching, he's really popular, this was the way to go. But now in, film, now in today's world, you know, it's, oh, there's a super, guy pop, this super popular guy speaking in this concert. Oh, so, so what? You know, what, what's the film? You know, what's coming out this week? What's coming out um, this next month? You know, all these great films are coming out. And the reason why is because I think um, they get you more intimate. Whereas the guy, you have to sit down, you have to process logically, and you have to apply it to your life. Whereas film takes you right there. It takes you right there. And um, let me just see where I'm at. So film is about... Reality. It's not a ground for expressing words. It's a ground for expressing lifestyle. And when we think of film, we often try to take what we have today and we try and put it on a film. And what I mean by that is that we, try, um, we create a story and we try to put a message into it. And we put the message before the story. The message is what we have in our last sentence. This is, this is our time, not the time that's coming that we express a message. But in film, it's not about trying to express a message. It's about witnessing a lifestyle, witnessing the life of another person, and enjoying the memories that they create. And naturally from that, noticing in your heart different things like, wow, this guy's so funny, but he never swears. This guy's so funny, but he doesn't, he doesn't, there's something about my father that he touches on, and it's just, it feels like it heals me. Guy never talked about his father. He just, talked about stuff that made people laugh. And he was being himself. Or not talked about, he showed it on screen. And so um, we connect to our audience in a different way in today's world. And if we don't connect right, we end up looking a bit fake. But I don't want to jump the gun. um, Because what I do in Haiti, I'm going to just show you a clip here. Uh, That's my brother about eight years ago. I'm not sure. Maybe six years ago. But uh, this is a clip from a movie, or a 10-minute short that we created for Haitians. And all it is is just a very silly parody where, not a parody, it's a very silly comedy where uh, we said that um, foreigners, this big revelation, foreigners get eaten by sheep. And it was just a very funny uh, thing we did. And it was hilarious for Haitians because here we have a bunch of Creole-speaking foreigners afraid of being eaten by sheep. Anyway, I'm going to play it, and then I'll keep talking. Est-ce que ça se fait cabri de No. Est-ce qu'il est en sang? No. Hey, où tu travailles dans la maquette? Qui ça fait? C'est pas cabri de 
C'est pas cochon. C'est mouton Mouton Mouton, mouton. Mouton, mangez blanc So he said, they were like, what, what, what's about a sheep? And then he said, sheep eat foreigners. And then they took off. And that was like six years ago. But even today, if I don't show it on the program every now and then, the TV station actually gets call it, gets call in saying, could you please show it again? It's, it's silly. It's, it doesn't have much point except that at the end we, uh, compare ourselves to sheep, how sheep, you know, you tell, one person says that this thing, and then we all follow him. That was kind of the theme behind the story. But we made that relational connection um, in St. Mark, in the city where I grew up, and uh, where we're doing the TV program. And because of that relational connection, I don't have to preach about God. And you know what? 90% of Haiti knows about God. Only about 5-10% actually do what a Christian should be doing. The other 80%, they leave the church and they return to whatever lifestyle they were living. And there's just this wall that they don't, they don't see how to connect the words that were spoken into the lifestyles that should be lived. So this is, about, this is part of making that connection for, for them. So church exists for fellowship. It's not about the building. It's about connecting. And every Sunday we connect. And even deciding to connect on Sunday is a choice that uh, we make because it's a great uh, form for meeting in public and sharing a message. But now I want you to think outside the box. Let's take away everything that we have here, the stage, the projector, the uh, piano, and let's start thinking what, what's another way that we can communicate through uh, testimony, because, you know, that's word by the word of their testimony. There are different ways we can do it, but what are other ways we can communicate to a public at large through testimony? All we would really need is just a projector showing a life story, or maybe even someone acting out a life story if we're that good at it. But it's another form of communicating God. It's another form. We don't need the stage and we don't need the screen. It's just the way that we have found to connect people to what God is without having to, you know, take a hundred people into my house and feed them each day and, you know, disciple that that would be like a lot of work. And we should have our individuals that we touch every day, but as a whole, as a church body, instead of having a stage, we could just have a story on that projector and the story isn't trying to tell you a message you're just watching for 30 minutes maybe you know a guy going through a cancer issue or maybe if we have uh, some a lot we want comedy because maybe we need healing inside from uh, I don't know uh, for comedy I think it's a lot of stress in life you need some comedy to kind of ease it up so instead of instead of trying to trying to escape the world you know you just watch someone else be silly for once and learn how to be silly again. And it's not, it's not about preaching a message. It's not about trying to make a point. It's just watching another person, another Christian like you, 
and learning and being inspired from them in where you're seeking that inspirement. I mean, I mentioned like someone going through cancer because someone needs healing in that area. They don't necessarily need someone telling them what to do, what the process is. Sometimes they just need to see how other, someone else goes through it. But um, when I see Christian films, and I'm not referring to all Christian films, but just in general, there are a lot of films that they feel to me fake. It could be the acting, could be the storyline. But the truth is, with storytelling that's for film, it's so intimate. You cannot fake it. And if you fake it, everyone can see it. It's lifestyle. It's a closer form of looking into your life. And when we see it on a screen and we, we see it, it's like a witness that... Um, it's a personal witness. You're living in their shoes. And because of that, all people, like you have to be super vulnerable. You have to be intimate. And if you're not that, people see that. I want to give an example through a kid that I was directing. And we were filming a commercial for a solar panel in the city. And the kid was supposed to come up over the mountain and just, you know, walking up with his backpack done from school so he could head home to uh, work on his homework. But the problem was we filmed a couple times and he was walking up very much not feeling like a normal kid. It was like, you know, just it wasn't real. It was, it was trying to be real. It was trying to be somebody. It was creating a wall of fakeness. And so I'm just trying to give him advice and stuff uh, that make him feel more uh, comfortable with it. I said, you know, you should just smile. Just give it a, give a good smile as you come up the hill. And there's a guy standing beside me, and he's watching the whole thing. It's very interesting because, you know, you don't see any film cameras or any filming going on in Haiti. And uh, when you do, I always have the issue of what we call bogeys, which is people who, once they see the camera, just stare right into it. So you're like panning, 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 and then here comes this guy. Because you know, it's just not normal. So anyway, he's standing behind me, and I say action, and I start moving the camera, and he's coming up the hill, and the guy goes, smile, you're not smiling. Hey, you're supposed to smile. He told you to smile. Why aren't you smiling? Smile bigger. And he's already messed up like two or three times. It's not working. It's hot sun. We've got a full day of filming ahead of us. And now he's got a heckler. Someone heckling him on the side. He ain't going to be real. He ain't just going to be himself. I had a really big issue at this moment. I had to stop this. Because uh, the reality is that in film, the most fragile thing on a set is the actor. It's not a light bulb. It's the actor. And if I did not fix this broken actor right now, he was going to be acting fake throughout the whole uh, rest of the shoot. So I turned to the guy and I said, hey, this is my kid. I'm responsible for him. He's doing a good job. And I will uh, do what I need to to get uh, what I need from him. But you are not going to interfere with this. I turned back to the kid and he had a different confidence in his face. He started to understand that 
you know, there was a protection going on. And actually, if you think about it, we're kind of like actors, and God's our director, and God's given us input and advice and stuff, and we're already vulnerable enough as it is. And so we're trying to fake it, and we're trying to be it, and God just wants us to be us, and he's trying to get us to do it. And then we get someone heckling us on the side, the world, telling us, you know, you're faking it, you're supposed to do this. Even They'll even tell you what God told you to do. So you're vulnerable. That's film. It's about showing yourself in a way that cannot be faked. And that's why it's so powerful, and that's why so many people want to watch a movie. They want to watch an actor being able to take you to that moment that you yourself can't be taken to. But anyways, here's what it turned out to be. We did a few more after that, and he did a really good job. That's it. You know, just walking up, bit his lip. You know, that wasn't... Oh, oh yeah, there he turns on. He's lighting his lamp for the rest of the commercial. You know, it wasn't complicated. Let me see if I can play that again. It wasn't... He wasn't doing anything fancy. He was just walking up. And even then, you saw still a little bit of swagger in him, which is great. But that's what I'm trying to get at, is that today's world of communicating with a crowd isn't about a fancy message and being able to uh, speak eloquent words. It's about watching normalness, what we define as normalness, which is radical for them, but we see as normal. So... As I said, the hardest part of making connection with today's audience through storytelling is intimacy cannot be faked. And uh, let me see here. When we try to write a story and think about what the church is going to think about the story rather than what is really what God is doing in our lives and stuff like that, it creates that level of fakeness. And if you think about it, the Pharisees, the reason why they had such a hard time being confident and being who they were was because they had to hide behind the fact that they weren't quite sure if they could follow the law that they were preaching. So, Jesus was able to be confident. He was able to use his medium, which was verbal communication. But today, with everything that's going on, verbal communication is not enough. Verbal communication is easy. What I'm sharing you right now, I can go home and not apply it. And I can still come on stage and talk about it. So, if people are really being changed, if lives are really being transformed, and these lifestyles that Christians living are really matter, then show it on a film. Why are you trying to make me believe in God? Why are you trying to throw this message at me? Just live it on film. I don't have to, you know, if you're trying to preach a message on film, then come to a stage and preach it. The stage is for preaching a message. The lifestyle will preach the message in itself. Just like an apple is a sphere and it's red. You know, you can't say an apple is a color and not a shape too. You can be both. And lifestyle automatically has its theme in it. It doesn't matter, you know, what you buy, whatever you buy, it's going to have a color on it. The same way with a lifestyle. It's always going to have that, that message in it. But we try to emphasize the message because that was... Our last generation, our last generation, the way we verbally communicated to an audience was through a stage and through being able to get your voice all the way out there. And not just a stage, the music. Music was a, is a big one. 
I would say because verbal communication was back at Jesus' time, then we got into music and all that um, stage drama. So anyways, I would encourage you guys to think about that when it comes, if you ever get involved in film or story or you're, you know, maybe one day you get to meet a famous actor and, you know, it's about being yourself, whereas the Pharisees were afraid and so they began to fake it. We need to live our lifestyles on camera and that doesn't necessarily mean being exactly uh, the way reality is. You know, we have our Captain America, which is entirely unrealistic, but it's so cool watching this guy jumping through buildings and holding a shield. But what he was was himself. And what he stood for was, it, like, it held through. And, um, you know, it was true. It wasn't fake. So... Um, I have a hard time speaking, and uh, I'm pretty excited that as I learn how to speak on a stage, I get better at it, just like when I'm learning how to make a story on film, I get better at it. But I thought I'd show this funny clip just showing um, me sharing on camera and what that sometimes, how hard that sometimes is for me. I think it's it's just a fun look at uh, me and Haiti. You'll believe how many times it takes before I get a scene right. Today, they are, oh, you should not see it, yet, uh, how, uh, how is that? On this Thursday, they, they bought, they, uh, I can make an hour of bloopers with this stuff. Cut. Okay. So this is LaGrange, uh, distribution's going great. Now check this out. There's a lot of stuff going on in this picture. First we see that there's action going on behind me. In this case, distribution. But now who's this kid over here holding up his finger? Well apparently, he's looking at my display screen, trying to see if he's in the video. I'm always trying to direct these kids away, but sometimes they find their way on camera. But now this guy, well, he knows he's on camera and is loving the fact that he's going to be part of this video. Now the last thing I want to point out is his hairstyle. To get here in time, I had to take a motorcycle taxi for a whole hour. As you can see, this does a lot to your hair. It's not the first time I've had messed up hair or a dirty face. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to have like some way of contacting, uh, giving you guys a way to see more of what I do, but I wasn't able to bring it today. So um, if you want to get uh, access to see more of what I do in St. Mark, you can contact me on that email address. But, yep. Thank you, Christian. And if you want to help them air condition their place, get their electricity going 24-7, uh, ywmhaiti.org is the way to do it. Man, I just love that story that you told of the little boy doing his best to act for the commercial and the heckler on the side. What a metaphor for life. Yeah. I feel like there's some people here, the father's directing your life. 
You're doing just fine. He'll correct you. He'll convict you. And then the hecklers, you're not doing it right. I remember my son, when he was a little kid, he caught the biggest fish of his life up here at Squaw Creek Lake. And he was taking it off the hook. And some kid across the creek there that feeds into the lake was telling him, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. And it got him flustered, and he tried to reposition his hand, and he dropped it, and that thing flopped. There was no getting it. went back in the water. Anyway. You are doing it right. You're right where the Lord wants you. Pursue Him with all your heart and don't pay any attention to hecklers. That's good, man. Thank you so much, Christian. Didn't he do good? That's great. Let's, let's stand. You have a testimony. You have a voice. You have a means of communicating. Whether it's through preaching, teaching, writing, acting, filming, communicating, befriending people. Use it for the purpose of the kingdom. You have a testimony that people need to see and hear and know. It's yours. Don't waste it. Amen. It's your story. And maybe you're going through a difficulty right now. You're in a mess. Well, that mess one day is going to become a message. You're going to kind of come through the other side. Don't waste your sorrows. Use them for the Lord's glory. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. May He make you effective right where you are. Maybe your life isn't perfect, but you know what? If it was, people wouldn't be able to relate to you. So let the Lord use you right now. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Go get them, Tigers.